The Model Millionaire by Oscar Wilde Unless one is wealthy, there is no use in being a charming fellow. Romance is the privilege of the rich, not the profession of the unemployed. The poor should be practical and prosaic. It is better to have a permanent income than to be fascinating. These are the great truths of modern life which Hughie Erskine never realized. Poor Hughie, intellectually we must admit, he was not of much importance. He never said a brilliant or even an ill-natured thing in his life. But then he was wonderfully good-looking with his crisp crisp brown hair, his clear-cut profile and his grey eyes. He was as popular with men as he was with women. He had every accomplishment except that of making money. His father had bequitted him his cavalry sword and a history of the Peninsular War in 15 volumes. Hughie hung the first over his looking glass, put the second on a shelf between Ruff's Guide and Bailey's magazine and lived on 200, a year that an old aunt allowed him. He had tried everything. He had gone on the stock exchange for six months, but what was a butterfly to do among bulls and bears? He had been a tea merchant for a little longer, but had soon tired of Pikoi and Sochong. Then he had tried selling dry sherry. That did not answer. The sherry was too little, too dry. Ultimately, he became nothing, a delightful intellectual young man with a perfect profile and no profession. To make matters worse, he was in love. The girl he loved was Laura Merton, the daughter of a retired colonel who had lost his temper and his digestion in India and had never found either of them again. Laura adored him and he was ready to kiss her shoestrings. They were the handsomest couple in London and had not a penny piece between them. The colonel was very fond of Hughie, but would not hear of any engagement. Come to me, my boy, when you have got £10,000 of your own and we will see about it. He used to say, and Hughie looked very glum on those days and had to go to Laura for consolation. One morning, As he was on his way to Holland Park, where the Mertons lived, he dropped in to see a great friend of his, Alan Trevor. Alan Trevor was a painter. Indeed, few people escape that nowadays. But he was also an artist, and artists are rather rare. Personally, he was a strange, rough fellow with a freckled face and a red, ragged beard. However, when he took up the brush, he was a real master and his pictures were eagerly sought after. He had been very much attracted by Hughie at first, it must be acknowledged, entirely on account of his personal charm. The only people a painter should know, he used to say, are people who are beat and beautiful, people who are in artistic pleasure. To took at an intellectual repose to talk to. Men who are dandies and women who are darlings rule the world. At least they should do so. However, after he got to know Hughie better, he liked him quite as much for his bright buoyant spirits and his generous reckless nature and had given him the permanent entry to his studios. When Hughie came in, he found Trevor putting 
the finishing touches to a wonderful life-size picture of a beggar man. The beggar himself was standing on a raised platform in a corner of the studio. He was a wizened old man with a face like wrinkled parchment and a most piteous expression. Over his shoulders was flung a coarse brown cloak all tears and tatters. His thick boots were passed and cobbled and with one hand he leaned on a rough stick. While with the other he held out his battered hat for alms. What an amazing model, whispered Yugi as he shook hands with his friend. An amazing model, shouted Trevor at the top of his voice. I should think so, such beggars are as he are not to be met with every day. A trowel moon chair, a living velasquez, my stars, what an etching Rembrandt would have made of him. Poor old chap, said Hughie, how miserable he looks, but I suppose to you painters his face is his fortune. Certainly, replied Freeward, you don't want a beggar to look happy, do you? How much does a model get for a sitting? asked Hughie as he found himself a comfortable seat on a divan. A shilling an hour. And how much do you get for your picture, Alan? Oh, for this I get two thousand. Two thousand pounds. Guineas. Painters, poets and physicians always get guineas. Well, I think the model should have a percentage, cried Hughie, laughing. They work quite as hard as you do. Nonsense, nonsense. Why look at the trouble of laying on a paint alone and standing all day long at once? Easel. It's all very well, Hughie, for you talk, but I assure you that there are moments when art almost attains to the dignity of manual labor. But you mustn't chatter. I am very busy, smoke a cigarette and keep quiet. After some time the servant came in, the old retriever that the frame maker wanted to speak to him. Don't run away, Hughie, he said as he went out. I will be back in a moment. The old beggar man took advantage of Trevor's absence to rest for a moment on a wooden bench that was behind him. He looked so forlorn and wrecked that Hughie could not help pitying him and felt in his pockets to see what money he had. All he could find was a sovereign and some coppers. Poor old fellow, he thought to himself, he wants it more than I do. But it means no handsomes for a fortnight, and he walked across the studio and slipped the sovereign into the beggar's hand. The old man started and a faint smile flitted across his withered lips. Thank you, sir, he said. Thank you. The Trevor arrived and Hughie took his leave, blushing a little at what he had done. He spent the day with Laura, got a charming scolding for his extravagance and had to walk home. That night he strolled into a pallet club about 11 o'clock and found Trevor sitting by himself in the smoking room drinking hawk and shelter. Scherzer. Well, Alan, did you get the picture finished all right, he said, as he lit his cigarette. Finished and framed, my boy, answered Trevor, and by the by, you have made a conquest. That old model you saw is quite devoted to you. I had to tell him all about you, who you are, where you live, and what your income is, what prospects you have.
My dear Alan, cried Hughie, I shall probably find him waiting for me when I go home. But of course, you are only joking. Poor old wreck. I wish I could do something for him. I think it is dreadful that anyone should be so miserable. I have got heaps of clothes at home. Do you think he would care for any of them? Why, his rags were failing, falling to bits. But he looks splendid in them, said Trevor. I wouldn't paint him in a frock coat for anything. What you call rags, I call romance. What seems poverty to you is picture squinness to me. However, I will tell him of your offer. Alan said, Hugh, seriously? You, you painters are a heartless lot. An artist's heart is his head replied Freewer, and besides, our business is to realize the world as we see it, not to reform it as we know it. A charcoal sun met here, and now tell me how Laura is. The old model was quite interested in her. You don't mean to say you talked to him about her, said Hughie. Certainly I did. He knows all about the relentless colonel and lovely Laura and the 10,000 euros. You told that old beggar all my private affairs, cried Hughie, looking very red and angry. My dear boy, said Trevor, smiling that old beggar, as you call him, is one of the richest men in Europe. He could buy all London tomorrow without overdrawing his account. He has a house in every capital, dines of gold plate and can prevent Russia going to war when he chooses. What on earth do you mean? exclaimed Hughie. What I say, said Trevor, the old man you saw today in the studio was Baron Hosberg. He is a great friend of mine, buys all my pictures and that sort of thing. He gave me a commission a month ago to paint him as a beggar. Q. Wallace viewers love fantasy done millionaire and I must say he made a magnificent figure in his racks or perhaps I should say in my racks. They are an old suit I got in Spain. Baron Hosberg cried Hughie. Good heavens, I gave him a sovereign and he shank into an armchair the picture of dismay. Gave him a sovereign, shouted Trevor, and he burst into a roar of laughter. My dear boy, you will never see it again, son of Ferchkest Largent Desortis. I think you might have told him me, Alan said Hughie sulkily and not have let me make such a fool of myself. Well, to begin with, Yugi said Trevor, it never entered my mind that you went about distributing alms in that reckless way. I can't understand your kissing a pity model, but you giving a sovereign to an ugly one by Jove, no, besides the fact it is, I really was not at home today to anyone. And when you came in, I didn't know whether Hosberg would like his name mentioned, you know he wasn't in full dress. What a duffer he must think me, said Hughie. Not at all, he was the high he is in the highest spirits after you left. Kept chuckling to himself and rubbing his old wrinkled hands together. I couldn't make out why he was so interested to know all about you. But I see it all now. He will invest your sovereign for you, Hughie pay you in the interest every six months and have a capital story to tell after dinner. I am an unlucky devil, growled Hughie. 
The best thing I can do is to go to bed and my dear Alan, you mustn't tell anyone. I shouldn't dare show my face in the row. Nonsense, it reflects the highest credit on your philanthropic spirit, Hughie. And don't run away, have another cigarette. And you can talk about Laura as, as much as you like. However, Hughie wouldn't stop what, but walked home feeling very unhappy and leaving Alan Trevor in fits of laughter. The next morning, as he was at breakfast, the servant brought him up a card on which was written, Monsieur Gustave Northern de la part de M. Le Baron Hosberg. I suppose he has come for an apology, said Hughie to himself, and he told the servant to show the visitor up. An old gentleman with gold spectacles and grey hair came in the room and said in a slight French accent, Have I the honour of addressing Monsieur er Erskine? Hughie bowed. I have come for, from Baron Hosberg, he continued the Baron. I beg, sir, that you will offer him my sincerest apologies, stampered Hughie. The Baron said the gold gentle, the, said the old gentleman with a smile has commissioned me to bring you this letter, and he extended a sealed envelope. On the outside was written a wedding present to Hug Erskine and Laura Merton from an old beggar, and inside was a check of $10,000. When they were married, Alan Trevor and the best, was the best man, and the Baron made a speech at the wedding breakfast. Millionaire models, remarked Alan, are rare enough, but by Jove, model millionaires are rarer still.